The sermon for Maundy Thursday comes from our epistle reading, Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, where he discusses the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is an institution. Well, what does this mean? What is this institution, this command, this mandate? What does the Lord's Supper mean? Something we need to consider. So the first thing we need to consider is by whom was the Lord's Supper instituted? It was certainly no ordinary person. If it were an average prophet or an average patriarch, this topic could be approached and viewed by human reason. For what is instituted only by a man would be within our spheres of understanding. But the Lord's Supper is instituted by Jesus Christ, the God-man, Jesus, whose divine and human nature has been so fully before us these Lenten days. So we need to consider this point very strongly. Since Jesus, the divine man, the human God, instituted and commanded the repeating of his holy supper at his table, this does at once give this supper its proper dignity. It's a dignity of the highest order. It's a dignity that demands awe and reverence. A dignity for which we Christians contend for. And since Jesus instituted this feast, we are assured that this supper can and will do exactly what the terms of its institution declare. But what time was it instituted? The time of its institution was on the night when our Lord was betrayed. Jesus was fully conscious of everything going on in front of him and everything going on behind his back. The time of the institution of the Lord's Supper was very serious. It was very earnest. It was the day before he died, and he knows this. It is just the time for the Son of God and the Savior of men to make his last will and testament be known to men. It was certainly not a time for indulging in symbolic references or ambiguous language. It was certainly not any time for metaphors or a parable. But it was a time for plain, forceful statements. 
It was a time for clear statements not to be misunderstood. The language is crystal clear. And so also is the clarity of the nature of his supper. And its nature is the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just as Jesus said clearly, these heavenly elements are conveyed by the means of consecrated bread and wine, just as Jesus clearly did with bread and wine. So when you receive the bread, the body of Christ is communicated to you in real presence. The same living body of Christ that ascended into heaven goes into your mouth. And when you receive the wine, the blood of Christ is communicated to you in real presence. The same living blood of Christ that streamed down the soldier's spear goes into your belly. The bread and wine are not symbols. They are not representations of Christ's body and blood. The bread and the wine are bearers of Christ's body and blood. Therefore, this is a sacramental feast. For you receive heavenly gifts conveyed to you through earthly elements. Words of perfect clarity given and shed for you through bread and wine that he had created himself long ago. For God does with creation as God wills. And if God says, this is my body, if God says, this is my blood of the new covenant, then so it shall be. Thy will be done. As often as you eat and drink it in remembrance of Jesus Christ. So these gifts, these blessings, are the body and blood of the glorified, incarnated, and fully alive Jesus Christ. So then, what's the purpose? What does the Lord's Supper do? Paul takes this into very serious consideration. For those who eat and drink in an unworthy manner, it does serious damage. So we must discuss, what does that mean? What does it mean to eat and drink the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner? For doing such a thing, God's word declares that you are guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. So I ask you, in the Bible, who else was guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord? Everyone who wanted him and got him dead. Those also who eventually arrested and killed Jesus. 
under the Roman authorization of crucifixion. But it started long ago with King Herod, who tried to murder the toddler Jesus. To Jews, who so earnestly desired his death. To Pontius Pilate, under whose rule and authority Jesus suffered and was crucified. Therefore, to eat and drink the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner would to be as a Herod or Jew or Pilate or Pharisee or chief priest or elder. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. To not be worthy of the forgiveness of the supper then is to not examine your own heart. A repentant heart is forgiven. A heart that is too proud or too calloused is the heart of a Herod, is the heart of a Jew, and is the heart of Pilate. St. Paul continues to say that anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So also then, the body must be discerned. The body, that is, the body of Christ is to be properly distinguished. The body of Christ in the Lord's Supper is to be known what it is and what it isn't. Well, how can you know what it is then? What's going on in the Lord's Supper? I thought it was a mystery. It simply is what Jesus says it is. And you, dear Christians, you believe what Jesus says, and you accept it. You, dear forgiven Christians, you believe everything that Jesus says. And I'm commanded on this Maundy Thursday, Thursday to be a steward of the mysteries. And as a steward of these mysteries, I, as a called and ordained servant of Christ's word, I have to examine the believers of his word as far as my human judgment can go. This is what we call confirmation. Now, visitors are sometimes put off by this closed or close communion because it appears to be inhospitable. The Lord's Supper, though, is not a matter of hospitality. The Lord's Supper is a matter of faith. Faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do you believe that everything that Jesus says in his holy word is the complete truth? This is the faith of believers. And that is what I have been charged to confirm in concord with Scripture. And I, as a called and ordained servant of Christ and his word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. Because for you, the believer, 
the purpose of his holy meal at his table is unmatched. You really do eat and drink the body and blood of Jesus Christ spiritually by faith, the true food that, he, that endures to eternal life. Yes, even though at times our faith is weak. And sometimes you know this. Because actually, you've examined your own heart. Pastor, I am worried that I am not worthy. Dear Saint, congratulations. You have examined your own heart to get to this conclusion. So Jesus instituted on that Thursday night an extra measure. Jesus gives to you an aid to your faith at his table. For we cannot rely on our faith to hear Christ's word. We rely on hearing Christ's word to strengthen our faith. And you, the believer, receive this sacrament as a pure and rich blessing. The breaking of the bread brings to you and seals to you the forgiveness of sins. You're given an assurance of acceptance with God. The Lord's Supper confirms your faith in Jesus Christ as your Redeemer, your Savior. Do not neglect such a God-given meal for your soul. As often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, and serve us eternally at your table. Amen.